Yes, indeed, Father God, we thank you that you are our protection, our victory, and the completion. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for what you have done to rescue your people, restore us, heal us, lift us up, and um, protect us from the powers of darkness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing with us in our humanity. Thank you, Lord God, that you gave us hope. You gave us deliverance, salvation, purpose, you healed us and, and redeemed us, rescued us, if you will, from the grip of the terrible one. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for um, resurrecting from the dead. Thank you for justifying us through your uh, acts of kindness, mercy, and suffering. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy. You said nothing shall by any means hurt you. You shall tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So thank you for that authority. We bind the powers of darkness over this this uh, Rescue Radio podcast, and we bind the powers of darkness that would afflict and affect our families and our loved ones, those who are the part of the remnant of God. Now give us your pray, your your favor, your blessing, and your direction in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, we're in the time when we meditate on the sufferings of Jesus Christ. This is right before we enter into the glorious resurrection uh, morning. And so we're asking uh, the Lord to show us kind of some of his own personal struggles and suffering as he approached the cross, as he came to the earth, as he uh, viewed what had happened among his creation, that when he got down here, basically he saw everything was broken and um, crumpled and crushed and, and discouraged. And so in talking about the sufferings of Jesus, which we're going to be doing in the next couple of, of, of times, um, we're going to talk about how he, his message was rejected, how um, the salvation through the cross, the hatred, the contempt that he suffered from the establishment is nothing really new or different from what the people of God suffer today with the religious and the political elites of his day who rejected the kingdom of God. He, he entered into a power structure that was uh, full of corruption as it is today. And with that and with his destiny and with his um, uh, mandate, his ministry, his uh, the thing God had called him to do to redeem, he had to face all of these things pretty much alone. And so we understand that the sufferings of Jesus Christ are much more deep than just the nail pierces, piercing his hands and feet, their emotional, psychological struggles as well. Yeah, we look at John chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Mm-hmm. And the world did not know him. Rejected him. And verse 11, he came to his own, his own people, his own things, and his own did not receive him. So the, the creator of everything... The creator of, yep. of the universes, the creator of uh, life, mankind, life, Systems. life, the, the light, the true light that lights every man who comes into the world, the true light, and in him is life. So life itself, any any life the form, of life. any life form has mm-hmm. come from him. So he came to his creation, mm-hmm. and his creation said, 
we don't want you. Right. They didn't even recognize him, that he was the very breath that they were breathing. He was the, the source of their food. Their, I mean, it, it, it was so, I'm sure for him, he didn't, he wasn't caught off guard. He had to know um, what was going on. But I can't imagine going to see all of it just devastated, a mess full of political and, and religious lies, just, just, I don't know, just entrenched and meshed. Yeah, it, you just think of even all the natural disasters that have been around the world as of late. Um, you know, earthquakes, Droning. floods, creation uh, is tornadoes groaning. and so mm-hmm. forth, hurricanes, and people that come, and uh, I know so many people that have come to see the devastation of their of their homes, their property, right. just gone, just rubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he came, uh, even though he recognized that, uh, from from heaven, I mean, God is not caught off guard. I think, as you mentioned, that you know, he 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 realized how bad things were. Yeah. But but well, he, when he came and 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 looked at it, he came as a human being. Yeah. And got you know basically immersed. Yes, in, in our humanity. Personally mm-hmm. immersed in mm-hmm. our humanity, mm-hmm. seeing and feeling all that was going on, all that had gone on. It was a, a great time of, of suffering for him. And it must have been sorrowful because he came to fix it, but they didn't want to be fixed. And this is the very same today. I think in the chapters of Isaiah, chapter 53, um, and in Psalm 22, we see a lot of that internal kind of suffering that you know isn't at first apparent, but when you think about it, it goes deep. Um, yeah, so, let, me, let me just read Isaiah 50. Um, 53? 53. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 2. It says, For the servant of God, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible here, by the way, uh, grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, comeliness, no royal or kingly pomp that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. And verse 3, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, and acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Wow, that, that's really that's vi- sad. vivid and sad, yeah. So first of all, he grew up among us, a tender plant, like an ordinary person, not recognized for anything of no no notability, he was a common. He worked with the you know picked up the common laborers' mandate. He he was he lived among us. There was no special privileges. There was nothing, um, you know, that singled him out to be someone important. He just kind of white was mingled right in there with us. So he he understands from all kinds of experiences that he experienced how we suffer and grind it out and have to and he and yet he had the double sorrow of of knowing because with much sorrow which might, with much knowledge comes much grief and sorrow and so he he was probably recognizing the tragedy of every life as he just had to live among us and uh, a man of sorrow sorrows acquainted with grief i'm sure he saw his loved ones relatives common people of the town, Nazareth, whatever, st- struggling, suffering um, financially, emotionally, physically. And yet at that point, the first several 30 years of his life, he wasn't really 
permitted to do much about that. So he had to watch. He had to grow up. He had to be among us. And he had to experience the same oppression. Although I'm sure it didn't affect him the same way that it affected us. But it nonetheless had to be a great heavy weight that he carried as he lived among us. Yeah, in in Hebrews, it says uh, of him, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, he says, For we do not have a high priest. Now, he's considered our supreme high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, tempted. as mm-hmm. we are, yet without sin. So he he experienced our life. Uh, I mean, yes, the did. life on the planet. Our the, lives. The mm-hmm. sickness, the disease, the heartbreaks, the um, the stresses, uh, the sense of loss, of, of, of death, and and just being oppressed well, <laughs> said he says by, by, yeah. by government. And, and, and then, so he, he's experienced it so that we know, not that so he knows, but so that we know that he knows because he's been here mm-hmm. among us. I mean, there's an authority. When, when you, talk, you talk with someone that has gone through similar things that you have, um, that there's an identity and authority they have because of their, you know, you know that they feel with you, that you you know they that they know mm-hmm. what you're going through, and Absolutely. then they can, you know, they can really help help you, and you listen to them with authority because they they've been through it. Well, I believe that's part of the reason he had to experience the the 33 years with us because he had to have that identity build within him, so that when we when he took our sins to the cross. He became, it says, um, everyone um, has turned their own way and on the and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that's in Isaiah 53, 6. He picked up that iniquity, that, that rejection, that, that unbelief. I believe there was a lot of, you know, uh, weariness among the people even back then. And now it's even so much worse to the point where he had to... Um, even when he got to the cross, the first thing, one of the things he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And a lot of times we say, oh, my God, you know, how can this get any worse? How can this be any more heavy? But he was really underneath carrying the iniquities of of all of us, yeah, the, the weight of that. Right. And it says in, in Isaiah 53, verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs our sicknesses, weaknesses, mm-hmm. and distresses. Again, from the Amplified Bible, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, of God, yeah. and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. So basically, the view of many of the people uh, at the time Jesus was on the cross was that God's just, doing this to get rid of him yeah because, because he's he doesn't out of order. Want because yeah. he's out of order he doesn't fit our religious order doesn't fit our system so god is Punishing. just doing them and mm-hmm. yeah and bringing him to the point of the judgment lowest mm-hmm. the very lowest the most horrible punishment for the lowest of criminals in that day and, and that some, was the cross yeah and sometimes that's what happens today the people who are being suffering for god 
are being judged by others as being God is is punishing, punishing them. them. Yeah. Even Paul said that in Philippians, something that I'm in jail now because of you know wrongdoing, but it's it's proving the opposite. Even the the, the guards and the jailers are seeing my testimony. But going back to, I want to look at Matthew for a second, twenty chapter twenty three. One of the other sorrows that Jesus had was looking at Jerusalem, looking at the people when he came to, he, he said in 37, 23, 37, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He had the past, present, and future perspectives on this whole thing. He had to not just look at what he was looking at in that moment, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, but he was looking back. They had killed the prophets. They had rejected the word of God. They had re- rejected the council. They had rejected their, their own identity because God had called them to be his pe- peculiar people, and they rejected it. The, they stoned the prophets. He had this great sorrow, grief. I can't even imagine how we could even imagine how he is taking on this sorrow and burden. I wanted to to keep you safe. I wanted to gather you together. I wanted you to, to recognize. But you know, he knew that the Messiah would not be recognized. His coming as the Messiah would not be recognized by his own people for the very purpose that they would be blinded, that the Gentiles could come in. So he kind of had to put up with that, but nonetheless, he had great love and sorrow for these people. And then um, he, he even says uh, in, uh, I think it's in Luke uh, 23, he talks about the same thing. And he goes, he, he goes a little bit deeper. He says, um, hold on, 23. Again, he's, this is where he's carrying the cross. And it's right there on the uh, Via Della Rosa where he's carrying that cross. And he says to the women, and it says 27, a great multitude of people following followed him and women who also mourned and lamented him. I think some people were actually picking up his grief, his sorrow, his burden. They were starting to see that he was the son of God. But you think about that too. Many of the people who had put their hope in him, just like a couple of weeks ago, we all got excited about the revival outpouring. And now it's kind of like embers and ashes and that little hope in Jesus was being tested to the max. Who was going to believe him after he went to the cross? But he said this, he said prophetically in 20, verse 28, but Jesus turning to them, he, now remember he's carrying the cross beam, he's been scourged, he's been whipped, he's all bloody, he's got the crown of thorns on him. He's, you know, weak underneath all that blood loss. He says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. In other words, your posterity, those who are to come. For indeed the days are coming in the which they will say, blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. In other words, it's going to get so bad, so horrible for your children that you're going to be, the people who didn't get to have children are going to be considered the blessed ones because they don't have to watch their children be mangled and mauled by the enemy. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, then at that point, when all these terrible things begin to happen, they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills cover us for they do not for for if they do these things in the green wood what will be done in the dry in other words he's saying mountains fall on us cover us conceal us from the wrath of god and there's isaiah various other ones have references to this 
Um, they're so terrified at the coming of the Lord that they want the mountains to fall upon them. This is a day of judgment. And he says, if this is Greenwood right now, you're doing this to me. And if this is, you know, what you're doing now. What is going to happen when the wood is dry and fire is set to it? It's going to burst into flames. So he's just prophesying terrible things are going to come. So your weeping is not just for me. Right. And Jesus, of course, you know, he looks at the past the history and the present situation. And then he, he's looking at the future, as you alluded to there, Marjorie, that in part of what he was looking to in the future was in 70 AD when the Romans came in yes, exactly. and destroyed the nation. I mean, basically overtook, tore down the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, many, So many were killed and suffered, and they, he knew this was coming. He, he could recognize, of mm-hmm. course, that... These were consequences of their rejection of him, the rejection of God. It was like historical mm-hmm. uh, throughout yes. centuries of rejection of God and his ways. And then Jesus it comes as the final, the final prophet mm-hmm. uh, to give them an opportunity, and they're, they're saying no. Well, Luke actually For the most part. talks just before this. I mean, like moments, days before he said to the women— you know, weep not for me. He actually did the whole prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem. The very city, the very city, the very stones that he was walking on right there. He said in verse 20, it says, uh, Luke 21, verse 20. He, he's, remember, he, they asked him, "What's when's this going to happen? The stones are going to be knocked down one off of another and the end and all. The, he had, they had three different questions they were asking, but the thir- the one question had to do with the, the stones in the temple. He says, not one stone will be left upon another. And he, he answers that part, and he says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Now think about this. Actually, he was prophesying something that was going to happen like 70 years later when Rome came surrounded. Now just think about the, the Roman armies are surrounding Jerusalem, and here's what Jesus tells them they have to do. Um, the desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That makes sense. Get out of town. Let those who are in the midst of her depart quickly and let not those who are in her in the country come back in he was even saying don't take a coat don't go back and get your anything just quickly flee because the army of rome will surround you for these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled but woe to those who are pregnant that makes sense and those who are nursing babies in those days for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon the people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword. What do you think the Romans did? Killed the people and led away captives into the and and, and they were led away captive into the all nations. That's exactly what happened. They were dispersed. From that point on, they were a scattered people, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. So they're they're trampled. Jerusalem was lost. Um, the city was lost, the nation was lost, the people were scattered, they were killed by the sword. This was after, just like 70 years after um, well, 70 it, AD. It was actually like maybe 70 40 AD, years. 70 AD, about 40 years. 40 years from, after from, he from died. Yeah. So he is really in the midst of, of warning them and prophesying. Because, well, you know, this is one of the great sufferings of Christ because he sees he this disaster yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. You see it coming. And, and uh, so... You know, throughout his ministry, you know, before he came to the cross, you know, he he basically was misunderstood a lot. He Maligned was he was by, he was yeah. moved 
we said he, I just think he was moved with compassion in, in, in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 30, uh, chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. He saw the people as scattered, harassed, and helpless, one translation says, like sheep without a shepherd. So he saw them, they were like victims. They were just like sheep helpless, without a shepherd, yep. helpless, Still today. victims of wolves, um, religious wolves there were in that day. Um, and so they were just they were just hurting every which way. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he sees this, and he's he's moved with compassion on this. And, you know, Ecclesiastes kind of talks about this, too. Jesus knew ahead of time. He was a man of sorrows and ac- acquainted with grief. And part, part of the sorrow, it's a, it came because he had such understanding and wisdom. Knowledge, yeah. Knowledge, yeah. And in mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes, it says, For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. What that means is the more you know about things, the more you understand how things work, the, the more... Uh, painful it is. I mean, a lot of people want to live in la-la land. They don't want to know. They don't want to care. They want to escape. They want to not pay attention. They don't want to make a decision. They don't want to recognize. They just want to deny that there's any issues or uh, or crises in the midst of us. But people who know prepare, people who know are grieved. And Jesus knew everything. So you can only imagine the amount of grief and sorrow he knew. When he looked at a person, I would imagine, he pretty much knew everything about that person. And you had to how do you help people that are so broken and you've only got a half of a minute or a second to touch them and go on to the next person? It's just uh, amazing. Yeah, how- and, and you know, one of the most painful things that we can experience as human beings is to be rejected, to be right. rejected by those that they are supposed to love us, mm-hmm. uh, that are, or those that Our actually hate us, us yeah. but rejection is something that, Mm-hmm. We don't like. We don't want. It's it's very painful. And and Satan knows that. Thing. Satan knows that, Jerry. Because yeah. when when he when we're knit together in relationships in our communities, in our families, uh, in our societies, in our cultures, in our in our nation, when we're knit together, we're strong. But when Satan breaks us apart through rejection, because we do need relationships, we do need each other. Mm-hmm. And when those love relationships are broken or the, those roads are used to carry abuse and rejection and pain, we're cut off. We're afraid. We're alone. And I, I believe he, Jesus sensed all of that himself personally, but also saw what Satan was doing to break up the unity, break up the human race and divide us one against another. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but Jesus was wrestling not only against uh, the people, you know, flesh and blood. He was wrestling against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in every place. And he could endure suffering because he knew who he came from, where he came from. He, he knew who knew, he was. Mm-hmm. He knows who he is. And he knew and why it, he came. He didn't come to um, do anything but what he did. He redeemed us. He healed us. He died and took our sins, took the iniquity, and made peace with God. He broke down that wall between us and God through his blood, through his cross. He made peace. And these are remarkable things. When you meditate on it and think about it, what he did wasn't just, you know, how we portray him so many times he died on the cross, end of story. No, that was just the the beginning of the story, actually. Yeah. And um, I want to just share this quickly here. And... uh, we know none of us like to be misunderstood. A lot of us are are, are misunderstood horribly. Um, 
he was misunderstood. I'm just going to go through this real quickly here as part of those, his sufferings that he endured here on earth. Yeah. Now, they, all the opinions of people about him, mm-hmm. this is why, you know, really opinions don't really matter. Uh, truth is what matters. Right. But all these opinions about Jesus, I'm just going to rattle through this real quickly, just from John, uh, John chapters 7 and 8. Just some of the opinions they had about Jesus, okay? This is right after he fed the 5,000 and, and yeah. about in the middle of his ministry. Yeah, yeah. So um, his brothers, of course, didn't believe him. They said, well, if you really is the, the son of God, the Messiah, then you should, you should do this. Here's what you should do. Mm-hmm. So they were giving him their opinions, their advice. Uh, there were people that said, okay, we can't find him. I'm just giving you the... Where, the, where the, is the, he? The, where is he going? He said yeah, he was yeah. going to go away. Where, where is he? We can't find him. They say, and some people say, well, he's a good. And, they, and other people said, no, he's not because he's a deceiver. And then they said, well, this guy, I mean, he's never been to a university or, or seminary. And uh, how can he mm-hmm. know all this stuff? Um, they said, well, you have a demon, okay? They said of him, um, you're, you've got a bounty on your head. You're the one they're looking to kill. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, this don't the rulers know that this is truly the Christ? I mean... Confusion. Confusion. Everywhere. Um, and he said, we, know, we don't know where he comes from, and he's not doing enough miracles. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's going to go someplace where we can't find him. What's the deal with that, they're saying? They're saying, truly, this is the prophet, some thought, the one that prophesied uh, Moses prophesied about. And they said, well, but he's not from the right place. He's not from the right place. He's not from the right town. Um, they were divided in their opinions of him. They said, well, one okay. person said, well, nobody ever spoke like this man. And they said, well, he's not been endorsed by the religious leaders, the Pharisees. So how can we accept he, him? Yeah. He doesn't have the endorsement uh, of, of the, the, religious, Pharisee, the religious elite. Uh, he says, well, you're just bearing witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. And they said, well, we don't know where you're, you talk about your father. We have no idea where your father is. Who's your father? Who's your father? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, Lots he's, of then they said he's suicidal. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they said, well, we don't know who you are. And they said, well, uh, another place, they said, well, you're, you're, you're a bastard. You're, you're born out of wedlock mm-hmm. and all that. And they said, well, you are a Samaritan, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, you know, a, a racial slur toward mm-hmm. him. And you, and you have a demon. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you're, um, you have, and then again, they kept saying he had mm-hmm. a demon. Mm-hmm. The uh, who, who, you, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, um, you said you've seen Abraham. You're not even 50 years old. How could that be? So there were all these opinions and misunderstandings about Jesus they had to deal with. And that's why he asked Peter. He says, okay, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Elijah, you're you're that prophet, you're Mm -hmm. whatever. But he said, who do you say that I am? And that's what it gets down to now. Who do you say that I am? And he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So he had that revelation of Jesus, the true identity of Jesus. Right. And that, that's really important for us in our day to have an identity of the 
the true identity of Jesus, not just opinions or theological um, constructs about who he is, but who is he really? Well, he says in John six thirty eight, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the place of suffering and sorrow too. He has come to do the Father's will. He was rejected because the Father was rejected. The God of creation had been ter- totally uh, removed, uh, set aside by the God of this world who had convinced everyone that he was their benefactor, he was their God, he was their provider, and that the Lord God of heaven was, you know, all the vile, wicked things that Satan could build up in the hearts and minds of men to feel like they'd been abandoned and that God was mad at them. So it's it's really similar to today. The only ones who really know the love of God are the ones who've experienced the love of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' death on the cross with all this suffering, with being with us, all of those things re- reveal to us and confirm to us the tremendous love of God for us. And this is that the thing, the love of God, understanding, empathizing with his pain, his suffering is a great privilege. It says, um, we enter into the fellowship of his sufferings. And part of that is meditating on who he was and what he came to do, what happened and the resistance. And I believe part of that resistance, which is building every day now to the climax of Jesus coming back is where we are in this huge war. And, and yet God, Jesus Christ defeated death and Satan and Hades. And in, and so many people are unaware of that. There's just, they're just still, just, just walking along as if there's no hope, no means, no purpose, no nothing. And the young ones got even less than that to go on. So we know that Jesus suffers even now. But as we meditate on his sufferings, let us also rejoice in the glorious resurrection, return, and revelation of God to bring peace and healing and restoration to all nations, to the whole earth, to the complete universe. He is going to address every broken thing every broken thing, and fix it or renew, renew it or re- regenerate it. And all the sufferings of Jesus were for a great purpose. In verse Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Yeah. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. This is an amazing gift if we understand that our healing, our deliverance, your healing, your healing from your physical issues, your mental issues, your demonic torments, your financial issues, your relationship breakdowns, all of those things were paid for already through the blood and the suffering of Jesus Christ. By his stripes, we are healed the chastisement of our peace is upon the, the, the amount of anxiety and fear and intrepidation and discouragement uh, and crazy insanity that goes on against the, the hearts and minds of the people of God was taken care of through Jesus. And if you will even now receive that, his suffering, his um, being scourged, whipped, beaten, abused, abandoned, rejected for in your place, taking that for you, as payment for your healing, then be healed in Jesus' name. Right now, may the spirit of sickness and infirmity, guilt and shame that lock you into that heal, that physical ailment. That's what, why you're locked into pain. 
because of guilt and fear and rejection. And so knowing, absolutely knowing that you are forgiven because Jesus Christ died. He loved you so much. He died in your place to take all of those maladies. And if he were here today, he would just go take that thing right off of you. And he is here today, but you have to let him in through the Holy Spirit, through others, through the prayers, through repentance. Let him heal you. Do not, do not deprive Jesus Christ of his rewards. His rewards for dying on the cross were your salvation, your healing, mine, our deliverance, our life, our hope, and establishing us as citizens of heaven, no longer bound to the kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of this world, the God of this world, but free to be ambassadors, partakers with him in his uh, rescue operations down here. So, Father, we pray right now for divine healing amongst those who are listening. I know, I know everyone here listening has got some issue, some problem, some mountain to climb, some mountain to speak to, some thing that's coming against you. And much of what comes against us is the enemy's accusation of guilt and condemnation. You cannot listen to that. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not bring condemnation. He brings conviction, but he also brings encouragement. So, Father, let the healing virtue of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and by his stripes were healed, may that now flow even through our voices, through this podcast, to go into the souls, the minds, the hearts, the eyes, the ears, the feet, the livers, the lungs, the, the relationships of those who are broken, and we bind the powers of darkness that have hurt them, that try to attack them, and we pluck out those spears and daggers and words. We plead the blood of Jesus over every word that's been spoken against them to break their bones, and we cover those words with the blood of Jesus, whether they were spoken over them as a child, in the womb, most recently, all of the words Satan would pick up to use against us, even words he spoke against ourselves in murmuring, complaining, and judging ourselves, let them all be covered with the blood of Jesus Christ so Satan cannot use them against us anymore because there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And so, Father, let there be great healings, great deliverances. You've got to do this, Lord, in miraculous and marvelous and unique and unusual ways because we are out of time. So rise up people of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and enter into the fellowship of his sufferings because in that there's also great peace and great glory because it is the truth of what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. And Father God, we thank you also for everyone who's listening. Pass this on to others um, and, and just promote us through whatever you need to do. Tell other people. By the way, piece of announcement here. This Saturday, the 25th of March, I will be doing a workshop in, uh, you can go to the website and find it. Uh, it's in New Hope, Minnesota. It's called um, Dealing with Other People's Demons. And we're talking about things, relationships, things that don't make sense, how to deal with people who are out of control. Is it okay? Is it normal? Is it something demonic? And so you were invited to come. It's free. Uh, we go from 10 to 3, and the address is 9092 Bass Lake Road, New Hope, Minnesota. God bless you. And by the way, check out our bookstore. Um, we're featuring the audio dramatization, God on Trial, this week. And check it out. There's um, 28 episodes. Each episode is an audio drama, 30 minutes of the dialogue between... Um, 
God, if you will, and uh, the people in the drama. We're taking um, episodes from even in the garden, starts out in the Garden of Eden. They're very, very reasonable. Three bucks. You'll love it. Just go get it in Jesus' name. Yeah, and check out liferecovery.com for further information and tools and information about the seminar and so forth. So God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.